I really just want somebody who's going to aggressively fight for me in court. Is that too much to ask? Filing an eviction should not be complicated. There's got to be an easier way. Nothing frustrates me more than having to wait for my attorney to call me back. I need them now. What I really need from my law firm is someone who can provide my staff training so we actually can stay out of trouble. When you have property management problems, we have your solutions. This is the Zona Law Group podcast with the experienced attorneys from Zona Law. All right. Thank you so much for being here today. My name is Mark Zinman. I'm an attorney with Zona Law Group, and I'm excited to be here today with Matt Kogemeyer, one of the most respected and esteemed attorneys in this area of the law. How Probably you one of the older ones. <laughs> I said respected. That's what we're going. I think that is the new word for that. All right. Um, while we were joking, we are today here trying to reach out to our clients and the property management industry to try and provide help to them on a serious subject of the coronavirus. It's something we're getting questions on all day. Um, how about you? Yeah, I get questions on it all the time. Can hardly keep up with all the emails, but we're trying. It changes on an hourly basis. Yeah, and that's how Matt. How long have you been practicing for? Uh, about thirty-eight years. Have you ever seen anything like this before in your practice? I have never seen anything like this. Nothing that has even come close to this. It's a, it's unprecedented. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel as well. I've been doing this about fifteen years, and it's really just unlike anything I've ever seen before. And especially the fact that things are changing moment to moment, day to day. Um, we're just flying by the seat of our pants as it goes. Well, they're changing because things are in flux. We don't know that much about the coronavirus. The CDC's doing all that they can do to find out and give us guidance and advice on how to handle it, how it's transmitted, what to do when people get it. But it's affecting everyone to the very core of their lives. It's affecting work. It's affecting the, the multi-housing industry that we service. And there's a lot of questions that pop up on an hourly basis. Yeah. And so that's a, that, there's your official disclaimer for you. Today, it's March 19th. What we're going to talk about here today is up to date as much as we know. But things are changing by the hour, what the courts are doing, um, what the government is doing as well. So you really need to check back with your attorneys to make sure that you're up to date with what's going on. Additionally, as well, we know property managers care about their residents. What they're doing is to try and create a good community for residents to live. And so that's what we're trying to do here is help our clients really maintain that through the coronavirus. So with us, let's jump into what clients are hearing, the question that I hear the most at least, and I'll give it to you because I like to give you the hard questions, which is, what's the current status of evictions? Is there a hold on evictions? What are property managers supposed to do when they don't get rent? Well, the current status of evictions are, and you really have to go to the court, is what are the individual courts doing? Uh, We have just heard today that Tucson is pushing their courts out until May 11th. We have heard that uh, constables are not executing on writs. So even if you do file, those things are going to be slowed down significantly. But when people don't pay the rent, I think you should use the standard process of giving them a five-day notice. That's the initial step that you need to take, and that gets the ball rolling. So depending on what happens in the future, at least you're in the driver's seat and you're not going to be behind the power curve, so to speak. Okay, so I get a lot of calls, obviously, from the regional managers as well. And you're saying, like, every there's a bunch of different justice courts, right? Oh, there's lots of them. There's 20-some in Maricopa County. And that doesn't even count Pima and all the other counties, correct? Exactly. So what you're saying right now is all the justice piece are effectively doing different procedures for handling this. Right. Some of them are hearing cases. Some of them are closing. Some of them are going to telephonic hearings. Some of them are pushing out the court dates. Some of them are having the court dates but pushing out the writs. It's all basically, as you said, fly by the seat of your pants, 
and the courts are kind of making their own rules. So for a regional then, what their obligation is or what can help them is to have their properties contact the attorney to figure out what's going on in those courts, correct? Exactly. And and again, that can change on a daily basis. They okay. may be accepting the filings uh, today and tomorrow they may not accept the filings. You had mentioned that writs are being not executed. I heard that in Pima, correct? They're just simply not executing them at all, correct? Correct. There was a, a, a bulletin that went out last night late that the constables are refusing to execute on the writs. Now, while they're technically not legally entitled to do that, they're doing it anyway. Well, I mean, the reality is we're in an unknown. So what we've always historically thought of as legal, and yes, this is your answer, no is not, there's a much bigger gray, gray area than I've ever seen before. Right. The, the, law, the law is not quite so gray, but the actions and justification for the actions are in that gray area that you speak about. Um, so I also saw the other day that President Trump came out with an announcement basically halting all evictions. And I, I got a slew of calls immediately as to, does this apply to me? How does this, what does it mean? Well, so, a lot of people are going to misinterpret that. Uh, President Trump came out and said, with federally backed home loans, those evictions and those foreclosures are going to be halted for 60 days. That means basically Freddie, May, uh, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae loans, uh, and things of that, I, they're gonna, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of tenants that believe that applies to them. And, you know, we're going to have clients that are asking those questions. Does it apply to HUD properties? Um, those have come out, and, and I'm sure you have some information on, on how it applies to HUD. Correct, and yeah. Maybe so you HUD, have some guidance on that. Yeah, so HUD came out right out with, obviously, President Trump's statement was general. It's a public statement. It's not a written document explaining all the nuances, which is where you and I live, is in the nuances. Um, but the nuances basically said, yeah, it is the single family, um, federally backed mortgages, but they preferred and they encouraged, you know, the public housing authorities, the section eights, all of those other methods to really look at delaying evictions as well. But that doesn't apply to the standard, you know, apartment community that they have non-payment of rent for regular tenants and they just need to evict that, that process has not infected at all by what president Trump stated. And so I think it's important for clients to know that their rights at least on the federal level, aren't affected. They really have to go to what you were saying before is looking at the justice court saying, okay, we're going to file our eviction. What now happens? Yeah, how is it going to be handled? And as I said, there's a lot of tenants that are going to misinterpret that. And there are tenants who genuinely can't pay their rent. They may be in a tough spot because perhaps their office is closed, their business is closed, they don't have the work, and they're living paycheck to paycheck anyway. Those people are going to have a difficult time. You have other people, though, that as in times of crisis as we have, will try to take advantage of those things. And that's the difficult part for property managers to separate and to figure out which is which, and some will be slowed down. But that's why I think, and perhaps uh, let us know if, if you agree with this, if someone doesn't pay their rent, give them a five-day notice. Absolutely. And then proceed from there. I mean, you may want to file your eviction. You may determine what is the court going to do that I'm in. How are they going to handle it? How much delay am I going to have? And then, of course, I know that the NAA and the Arizona Multi-Housing Association has come out and encouraged uh, property managers to work with the people to see if they can get these things resolved. And and I think that's a truly excellent point. You you start with your five-day, no different than you ever would, right? Because that is a precursor to anything else you can do to preserve the rights you have. But at that point, if tenants come in and say, hey, I've got this problem because of the coronavirus, I was either, I'm either quarantining myself or maybe I got laid off from my job because I worked in a restaurant, enter into a payment plan, right? There's no reason management companies can't do that to work with the residents to keep the bodies in there, to keep people paying rent, but make sure you enter into a written partial payment agreement. 
agreement. You don't just take part of the money and say, okay, well, we'll see in a couple weeks. You need that partial payment agreement to ensure that you're protected and also that the tenant knows what's going on. Absolutely. You don't want to get into a situation also where you're treating people differently under these circumstances. If you're going to work with someone on a normal basis, work with everyone on the same basis so you don't have any fair housing issues. And a lot of people think, well, if I work with people like this, we have fair housing issues. But in this situation where we have an unprecedented set of circumstances, we've really got bigger fish to fry. We've got to be able to take care of the business. We also know that these evictions have been slowed down because the public policy has been we don't want people out looking for properties and having basically close contact with other human beings, which causes the spread of the virus. We want to try to stop all of those. Correct. And so President Trump's statement was obviously trying to avoid groups of more than 10 people. So how do you advise clients right now? Or what are you hearing from clients regarding amenities that they have on property? That's a great question because clients are all over the board with respect to amenities. They say, do we close the clubhouse? Do we close the fitness centers? And because we don't know that much right now, my advice to clients has been, I think you would be wise to close the fitness center. I think you would be wise to close the clubhouse. Those are not really essential services. You're not depriving a tenant of utilities and, and things that they need to live on a day-to-day basis. And this is something that we know across the country. Gyms have closed because people, I mean, the reality is that's where a lot of these viruses can spread, and we want to stop those things. So for the sake of public safety and the public health, I think it's a good idea to do it because we know so little about how the disease is spread, and we also want to minimize that contact between human beings. Yeah, and there is still some risk there. I mean, you're shutting something down, but the reality is you're doing it for that overarching safety concern, right? You're doing it for the health and safety of everybody else, and it doesn't go to the fitness and habitability. So for me, at least, I've already heard some tenants complaining, saying, oh, well, you're shutting down these amenities, and we will get that pushback, and we're going to have to, I think, deal with that. But from the landlord side, they have to look at the entire community and say, I need to do what's best for the entire community. We're doing what we can to keep it fit and habitable, and it's theoretically impossible to literally hose down every single you know, workout equipment that you have, spray it every single time. It's just financially not possible and administratively not possible. Exactly. And if you don't close it down and someone happens to catch the, the virus through that medium, then you have tenants that are going to be saying, well, you left it open and that w- you fell below the standard of care. So now I've been damaged. Yeah. And, and just so uh, people cl- understand as well, from a legal perspective, you and I <laughs> always default, obviously, is you have a, a duty to understand and to take care of any issues that come up on your property that you have control of or other known dangers to obviously advise the residents of that. Like the slip and fall case, right? Absolutely. You have to do those reasonable steps to protect your residents, just like you said. And I think that's a reasonable step under this set of circumstances. And if someone offers some pushback or they claim that was not something that was reasonable and they want to, let's say, take this to the limit and litigate over it, let them try to convince a court under these circumstances that that was not a reasonable step to take and they were somehow deprived of an essential amenity. All right, so that turns to an interesting one, though, because we're looking at the amenities. That doesn't address the unit itself, right? The unit is fit and habitable. The person's living in the unit. What happens if something happens in the unit? What, what do you do with work orders? You mean uh, if, if there's a, um, a leak under the sink or something of that nature? Yeah, or let's say they even want their AC filter changed. Let's go for the simple ones first. Well, the AC filter is probably not essential. 
it's not a, a, you know, an emergency situation. So I would simply say, let's wait or offer them a filter, put it outside the door and let them put it in. It's not that hard to do. Right. Because managers need to realize they're protecting the interests of obviously as much as they can of the residents, but at the same time, they have the maintenance to worry about as well. You don't want maintenance going into a unit that may be infected, that may be exposed. The maintenance just doesn't know one way or the other. So I agree with you. I think for essential services, ultimately, the landlord has to go in. If there is a leak in that unit, I think precautions can be taken, appropriate clothing, attire, protection can be worn, given to maintenance, um, so they can go in and fix it. You can't disregard that health and safety issue. Absolutely, you're right. But the day-to-day stuff, filter, I think was an excellent solution, right? Put the filter outside. The resident can take the filter themselves and install it. And it, it, it protects the landlord, it protects the resident, and it also protects all of the staff on property, which is really what we're all trying to do right now. Right. And the other, the other side of the coin is, and you made an excellent point, you're trying to protect the worker. We're also trying to protect the resident from what the worker may be transmitting. We don't know who carries this virus. We don't know where they could have received it. Some people don't have the symptoms. And that is the problem. I think that's the hardest thing for everybody out there. And that's why there is such a fear right now. It's the fear of the unknown. Exactly. You see somebody you don't know. And that's why they're trying to address it in the courts. We as attorneys are trying to allow the courts or really push the courts to go telephonic so that 50 tenants don't show up for evictions because that's not good for the residents. It's not good for the courts, not good for the attorneys. And we're all trying to work to find something that's good for the community, I think, as a whole, not just one side. Right, and one of the first things the Tucson courts did, because they typically require the managers to be in court, is to say on non-payment of rent issues, those routine things, the managers no longer need to be in court to try to minimize the number of people. So rules are changing on a regular basis to try to, you know, keep those large gatherings from happening. Yeah, and I think that's excellent. I think really, as I said in the beginning, this really comes down to day-to-day, hour-to-hours changing I would, as much as I can stress to our clients at the Zona Law Group, is for you guys to contact us to see if we can walk through what is the most updated information so that you know what to do. We're here to help, obviously. I'm assuming this is why you do this job, right, Matt? Exactly. It's a lot of fun, actually. It's very interesting work. Uh, You get to talk with a lot of good people. And, you know, you can help walk them through these situations. And and sometimes we're in uncharted waters also, just like we are right now. Yeah, absolutely. I've told tons of clients, hey, this is the legal advice I'm providing based on what I know now. It can change, and also we're in the gray area. So we are here to help. We're here to help to provide the information to really allow managers to provide the best service they can for their communities. So if you have any questions, give us a call. Otherwise, we'll see you here back soon at the Zona Law Podcast. Thanks, Mark.